Welcome to the WordPress Shop Podcast with our hosts, Colleen LeMasters and Adam Miggitz. I'm Colleen LeMasters of Colleen LeMasters Creative, and I specialize in WordPress websites, both design and development. I use thoughtful strategy to create beautifully crafted and optimized websites that are also easy to manage on a day-to-day basis for my clients. Adam Miggitz, located in South Carolina, is a web developer focused on integrating custom functionality to websites. Now let's jump into the episode. Hi, good morning, or afternoon. (laughs) Hello, good afternoon to you. This is going to be a great topic. Uh, So let's dive into some SEO and some plugins for SEO. There's some great plugins that make, like, give you a jumping off point. But gosh, it's when you look at some of the other platforms, not to go back to why I think WordPress is the superior platform, but you know, it just, it's because SEO is such a, like, not widespread, but it's such a, like, bready topic. Like, it's, it's, what am I trying to say? It's broad, I guess. So, because SEO is so broad that, and there's so many elements that go into it, it is, it's just like, you can't just do like, oh, let me pick my my keyword and call it good. You need to actually think about some of the technical SEO. And that oftentimes I found is the most overwhelming for people because that's the reason they're using a content management system is because they're not techie. And so, you know, there's, there's on-page SEO and off-page SEO and, you know, the technical parts fall into both of those things in, in those buckets. So... Yeah, I'm just looking forward to um, to trying to decipher or help decipher that for some people. Do you ha- now have not used it myself? It does SEM Rush, I think it's called. Does that do the same thing as Yoast? No, well, kind or- of. So they integrate in, and they will give you more from a content perspective. And so I actually have a subscription to them. I'm, I'm testing it out for the year. I'm about six months in. I want to say, and. I, they are great for like content ideas because that's one of my biggest hurdles is what do I write about? What do people want to know about WordPress? What do they want or their website needs? And it's hard because it delves into so many other um, topics or things that are kind of outside of my realm that, you know, like no one wants to hear about a blog post about how I use gravity forms to do something really cool, except for other like developers, and you know, and, and that's not necessarily who's reading my blog. So um, I use SEMrush for content ideas to try and figure out what people are searching for. And, you know, do I know the answer? Great, let me provide that answer and, and, you know, give them what they're looking for. But then they also tie into Yoast, and they will kind of do a, um, like, blog post content audit. And so you can kind of see where you are. And, you know, Yoast does a a very, um, you know, broad strokes, like, hey, let's look at readability. Let's look at how many outgoing links you have and, you know, that sort of thing. And then with SEMrush, you get more into the, not the weeds, but you get more in-depth look at content specifically. So with SEM Rush, where does it get the like? Where does it pull information for like you know what do you want to write about type stuff? Where's it getting that data from? No, that is such a, back that's in, such a you know, question. I love it. It's a great dev brain question. Um, I presume that they have some sort of algorithm and that's tied into Google search and you know like what people you know how you can figure out what people are searching for via console and stuff like that so I presume it's things like that 
you know, to be honest, they have done a couple different training Zoom videos, but there's so much to their service that it's sometimes hard to hone in on exactly what I want because there's so many cool components. I don't think I'm actually using SEMrush to its full capabilities, but hopefully I will get to that point. <laughs> yeah, SEMrush, like I said, it's, you know, it's got like a social media posting calendar, but I don't use that. I have another platform. I use Loomly for that sort of thing. So there are a lot of bells and whistles with SEMrush that I am not using. However, I do find it helpful just from a generating content, because obviously having a blog is great for SEO if you maintain it. And I am trying desperately to do so, but I want to make sure I'm writing relevant things and not just like fluff just to say that I updated the blog. Well, with blogs, I see so many, or I should say so many, the, a handful of blogs that I look at or kind of note or notice that all they do is change the date and leave the exact same title, exact same content. I'm like, Really? I, I've already kind of read, you know, like somebody that I, already, I know I've read and I'm like, oh, you just changed the date. I don't even think anything's different. You know, I, I just. That's I, it's so crazy to me that that's how they think that they can, you know, like slide with that stuff. Because essentially, if you have the same, which I hadn't thought about this when someone brought this point up, I was like, oh, my gosh, this was kind of like a light bulb moment. But also like, duh, why didn't I think of this moment was that if you have the same keyword for different posts in your in the same title and everything, you're basically competing with yourself for SEO value, which is just ridiculous. Like, you know, find the relevant keywords that mean that matter the most to that post that probably tie into, I hope, your your greater SEO efforts. But you know, definitely don't, because even for a while I was doing the same thing. It was like, what keyword can I put on like my portfolio pieces? And it was like, you know, website launch or portfolio. It was something like very generic and very, very basic. And someone was like, why are you using the same keyword? Like you're basically going to compete against yourself, not to mention the sea of humanity that is also using something like so generic. So that was, that was a good, a good point. So when they use the same title and all that, and like, just basically like duplicate the post and change the date kind of thing. It's like, oh, geez, you know, and Google can tell when you're making updates to the same post, like you don't have to just change the date on the same post. If that's their method, just to say like, oh, it looks current, you know, they know when content's been changed, versus just like one quick little date change. So yeah, don't try and hack the system that way. <laughs> Or I think it's just, just not even, I think it's just laziness. People are like, oh, I, I don't know what to do. I'll just change the date on this one and bring it, you know, break it. It's like just or write a new one with a different spin, you know, different Absolutely. view. Or, or I, yeah. I, just take a different yeah, look at, but, at, you know, like another angle of that particular topic. And don't get me wrong. Like I am a huge proponent of evergreen content and like repurposing content. But I wouldn't go so far as to like change the date on stuff. But I will put older posts on my social media, just as like, you know, if they're still relevant, then absolutely. And I, in fact, I did it the other day. So I had created at some point last year, a gravity forms quiz, you know, those Buzzfeed quizzes that are like, which Disney princess are oh, you, yeah. you know? So I did one of those quizzes. I, I put together one of those quizzes via gravity forms on my website that was, do you need a new website? And I think it was like seven questions, multiple choice. And at the end, it would say like, hey, you just need to, you know, revamp a couple things or, oh my gosh, you, you probably need a full website or, oh, it looks like you have everything locked in. You're good to go. 
you know, that's still relevant. And so I used that in a blog post just earlier this week, or no, excuse me, not a blog post, but a social media post that linked back to the original article. That said, I don't personally have dates in my permalinks in WordPress. You know, there's other ways that that they can pull dates. They don't necessarily need it in the the slug in the URL. But so it wasn't, you know, immediately evident that the quiz was from last year. But it, again, it doesn't matter because it was still relevant. Right. It doesn't mean you can't reference links. But, you know, if, even if you reference an old blog post, you know, you don't have to change the date. You can just reference, oh, I talked about that. Here's your, you know, blog post reference. You can go read about whatever. XYZ, right. You know. So, um, yeah, my, my, my friend is uh, now kind of moving on to like the key, like he was obsessed. Let's say he was managing a, a couple different retail stores uh, in the health or the drug stores locally. And so like all the other stores, of course, he was like obsessed with the ranking, you know, and the keywords and like one of them kept beating him and, you know, certain keywords. And I'm like, oh, he's like basically obsessing about it. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, just it's you're, you're second. I mean, you know, or sometimes he comes up higher. Right. And it was like back and forth. There was like a battle for the thing. And then he couldn't. And of course, they're health food. So he does like they do like CBD and stuff. So if you word it, was it hemp? Or see, or whatever it was, there's something that actually got flagged, so he couldn't use it, and then he got frustrated. Yeah. He was like, I can't use that, and I can't use this keyword, because, you know, so it, that was frustrating him. <laughs> that can be frustrating. I mean, you're right. Like, you get flagged for certain words, and, like, there are certain, not that this is WordPress related, but I didn't know this, but there are certain banned words that don't, that Instagram has. I'm sure the other platforms probably do, too. I have no idea. But, like, someone told me that, first of all, there's no published like list anywhere that's like from Instagram, people have kind of tried to like cobble together some lists of banned hashtags. But you know, given that hashtags are using are providing some SEO value there, and that's how you can get found that like, for example, Valentine's Day was a banned hashtag, and would like derank your your Instagram post if you use I was like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But like, you got to be mindful about your hashtags and, and, you know, your keywords there, because you want, obviously, the goal is to be found. And if you're using something that's going to flag the system, then gosh, that just like, and it stinks, because he's trying to use it, you know, your friend's trying to use it in like a legit method, and it's not working, which is a bummer. Yeah, he was trying to compete. There was a, I, I, there was, there, and they were only, well, maybe 20 miles away. I don't know. I'm going to say 10 miles. So they were, you know, so relatively in the same, similar area. So it was irking him that he kept, you know, the store kept beating his and he's like, no, my ranking's better. You know? <laughs> so he was obsessed with trying to get ahead of it. It was funny. I know there cool. are those people that are like, I have to have the hundred on lighthouse and you know, all that stuff. So I, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. Then I, I I always like like so I'll I'll do a site and like you know I have like nothing on. I just like put 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 a page up and then not really use it. And I'm like, I, and I'll just send them a thing. Oh, I got uh, you know hundred rating on you know mobile and and desktop. Oh, like, just a needle that? That's it. <laughs> and I'm like, and he goes, wait, wait, wait. What site? I'm like, oh, well, and then he because he, he knows me. You know, it's like 
you don't have anything on the page. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> nice. Very nice. So jumping back into the SEO and WordPress space, I it's funny because I actually don't necessarily specialize in SEO. I specialize in you know design and code, but because there is so much overlap, especially where technical SEO is concerned, and just because... I find it fascinating, number one, the the whole SEO game. And number two, you know, I do want to make sure that the websites that I'm designing and coding have proper, um, you know, proper code to be recognized and gain some SEO traction. So I actually was thinking that what I might do is share some of my top technical SEO tip. And then Adam, if there are any that you would like to speak to, please feel free. But some of the characteristics of a technically optimized website, shall we say, is, and these ones are, I, the reason I'm jumping into technical SEO is because this is part, like I said earlier, that seems to be the, the biggest hurdle to overcome when it comes to your SEO game, because, you know, you're doing solid content. You've written a beautiful blog post and you're still not getting the traction that you want. And, well, why is that? Well, it could have something to do with your your technical SEO, could have something to do with some off-page SEO. Maybe you don't have enough links coming into your site or people linking to you or you linking out to other legitimate sites. You know, So you want to make sure that you have all of your T's crossed, your I's dotted when it comes to SEO. And because there's so many angles to come from, you know, it's important to think about all of them. So technical SEO, you know, one of the big things that people don't think about is you need to have, they know they need to have a fast site, fast website fast loading, you know, people, they don't want to wait. So they'll bounce off if it takes too long. But one of the things to think about is your hosting provider, like that can be something that factors into your SEO. And having a hosting provider and and enough horsepower, you know, provided by that hosting provider, that will boost your load times. And thus, you know, people won't bounce off the page for slow websites. So it's important that you have a fast loading website. And one of the angles to look at is hosting provider. The other basic one is that, you know, most people are, are starting to, to have this if they don't already. And a lot of content management systems provide an SSL certificate. But I still, every once in a while, go on a website that does not load securely. And I'm like, what? It is 2022. You know, Google made this, you know, they they came out, I want to say it was like 2017, maybe, you know, so it was a good handful of years ago that they came out and said, listen, we're going to give SEO priority, or, you know, we're going to give ranking priority to those websites that load securely with an SSL certificate. So, um, you know, make sure that your site is loading with that HTTPS in the URL and, you know, that all of your content is covered by that SSL certificate. Um, you don't want any insecure content, you know, and that includes links to images and stuff like that. Make sure they are all served over HTTPS. And then another one, of course, that people a lot of times do know about is how to make it responsive and mobile friendly. You know, that means that it's going to be, it's going to look good on a phone. And Adam, do you remember back in the day um, when phones first started showing websites and loading websites, people and businesses would have like m.company.com. Do you remember those mobile versions of the site? And it was literally two versions of a website. Oh, yes. Yes. I actually forgot about that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It would load depending on the, the device. They'd actually would load a separate page. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Really, you know, popular way to do things back then. Right. And, but like, about think that? about that. Like that's two websites to update. That's 
that is, as I tell my children, cuckoo bananas. Um, so thankfully, we now have other ways to render responsive and mobile-friendly websites on one domain name. So no M dots or any of those. You know, Google wants to see your one fully integrated site that looks great, provides a positive user experience in both forms, in both desktop and mobile mobile forms. And they Which, actually oh, go Well, ahead. I just wanted to touch base on the on the, the mobile and the, the desktop. Also it, it, yes, you want to be, you know, relevant on both, but I know like the percentage is higher now for people looking on their mobile phones for well on websites. Like what is it, eighty five, ninety percent or something. But there are still certain sites or target audiences that use a majority desktop instead. I only say this because the, the friend of mine that I, I brought up about the keywords with the, the drugstore, a lot of their drugstore users uh, or um, drugstore website users was tracking it. The, the demographics was actually like older people because they look, you know, they were trying to re up their subscriptions because they had the subscription, uh, whatever refills and all that on their, through the website. So a lot of them were shopping on the desktop because they're used to, you know, cause they're not, you know, they're retired or whatever. They just have their, their laptop, their desktop, whatever, and not mobile. So I just thought that was very interesting. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's a really good point because that is, that shows right there the value of looking at your analytics and looking at the devices that people are using to view your site, because that is exactly right. I mean, think about if your clientele is, you know, an older generation and they didn't grow up using a phone, you know, like, gosh, my grandma still has a flip phone. Like she's not going to be looking at any kind of website on her phone. And so I am thinking that, you know, if you look at those analytics, that will determine which, which angle you want to develop for. So yes, you need to have a mobile friendly site, but if you're getting the majority of your traffic is coming and looking at it on a desktop, you can make it like, you know, give that the priority, give the desktop the priority. But as long as your site looks good on mobile and renders properly for the minority that might be looking at it on, on a phone or tablet or something like that, then I say go for it, um, you know, and like give desktop the site. You're still making Google happy by giving it a mobile a mobile experience and a positive mobile experience at that. But, you know, if you're designing because your clientele is mostly on desktop, then absolutely. Because, you know, at the end of the day, Google wants to make sure that it's showing results that they think are going to be most beneficial. And so, you know, a lot of times if that's your your audience is that older set that isn't necessarily looking on a phone, they they'll know that your website, you know, has people sticking around because it's it looks great and it's easy to navigate in a desktop form. Like all those Google knows all that stuff. So, and then also along the lines of of Google knowing what you're up to, you know, providing a sitemap and using Google Search Console, giving Google that XML sitemap and letting them know you're out there so that you don't have to kind of wait. I mean, you're still going to have to wait for the, the bots to crawl your site. But at the same time, you can kind of give Google the roadmap and be like, hey, I'm over here. So that's another one that some people don't realize. And Google Search Console is free to use. So I always recommend registering with Google Search Console and get your website set up through there and it's also helpful because it will show you search terms that people are using to find you, which can be really, really helpful as well. Yes. Uh, I actually recently went back, jumped into, and I don't, again, I don't, my site's not set up yet, so I'm still work in progress. The back burner, so to speak, we always, you know, put our own stuff on hold. Um, anyway, but uh, I recently 
was it a month ago? I don't even know. Time just flies. Uh, I see recently. It could have been two months ago. I jumped into Google Console because I search console because I hadn't been there in a while, and they've changed a lot. And of course, I by by that I think the last time I logged in was probably a year ago. So. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of changes. I'm like trying to just go through it. They have See. totally changed. You're right. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're constantly updating and, and changing. So just when you start to get used to something, you have to check it again. Cause Lord knows it'll change again. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I wanted to go to one, I forget what I was trying to look at and where I usually go, like, wait a minute, that's not the right link. And I'm like, all right, now they separated into this. I'm like, all right, hold on. <laughs> and then they added like. A t- more stuff on the top bar to the right and like all these notifications kept popping up which i don't like notifications but i see why but you know whatever <laughs> well you know what? so here's the irony of that is like you know trying to think about how to get started with seo like technical seo when you're not not as familiar with tech and code and things like that one of the first things that google suggests is to be mindful of like pop-ups and notifications and other intrusive items and yet you know some of their notifications are like they'll just like bombard you with them and again i get why you need them but when it comes to your website you do want to be mindful of pop-ups and stuff like that that will annoy users and just they'll be like ah forget this and they'll bounce off the site but you know another thing to think about that is approachable for you know for most users is to look at your site's navigation and structure and i always try to to encourage my clients not to get too cutesy with some of the nav items and using cute terms and stuff like that you know call the about page and about page in the NAS so people understand and they know where they want to go call it the contact page or something you know you don't need to get too unique and cutesy with it because obviously you want to make things easy for people to find what they want another you know quick easy approachable thing is to look at your website's url structure the permalink structure which i had talked about earlier about how i don't have dates in my permalink that just seemed like extra things to have in there that weren't necessary. So, you know, evaluate your website's URL structure, try and use keywords in the permalink, you know, the page slug that are relevant to that topic, but definitely don't shove too many of them in. Try and, and, you know, maybe one keyword in there in the page title sort of thing. And then also cleaning up broken links, something that people don't often think about doing. I mean, you link to other relevant outside content, but then that website goes and updates their, their, permalink structure, their URL structure, they redesign their website and, you know, the content's not in the same place where you have it linked. So either update that link or, you know, unlink things because that means that shows Google that you're, you're doing some maintenance and taking care of your site. So, you know, those four things I think are, are good starting points for technical SEO and are all approachable in WordPress. Actually, I have a question. One of these, either SEM Rush or one of those that I don't use, but just I'm thinking, I'm thinking it'd be it would be a cool tool to build myself. Like I could build it. But so if you go, like you were saying about broken links. So if you, if I was to set up something to like essentially crawl my pages or just go through my pages, and if there's any links on those pages, it actually does a you know web you know does a uh, you know search based on that thing to see if what kind of status it gets and any 404s then it'll actually delete that and update that page i wonder is that included in any of those seo plugins 
It is included in SEMrush. They send me a report. I can set the frequency, you know, so it could be daily. It could be, I have it set for monthly. I think that's sufficient, but they will send me a list of any broken images. I don't, I don't link to outside images. So for me, that doesn't necessarily pertain, but you know, I host all my own images and stuff, but let's say that, you know, someone puts an image that they found on like the Wikipedia common site, you know, if for some reason that picture is gone, they will send you a notification of that 404 of any linked content, like the traditional, you know, broken href links. And they, they put it all together in a report. So I know SEMrush does that. I Yoast does not necessarily, that might be part of their premium, but um, I actually don't, I haven't sprung for their premium. I've never really had a need for their premium So it version. doesn't give you the option to check a box or say, uh, if anything comes up as a 404 or some kind of a, you know, I guess 404 would be the, whatever it is or some other. Right. Uh, or like, thing. yeah, 500 code or something. But, yeah. Right. Or, or to delete it off that page, that link. It won't update the page. No. So there are some plugins in, that WordPress has that do that. And I used to use them. And then the more that I read about, you know, they would send you an email and say like, hey, here's a broken link. And they would do it in real time. So like the, let's say that the, the plugin runs daily, you know, it would send you it, you know, would scan every couple of hours and then send you a daily list. But I have not found a plugin that doesn't use a lot of like bandwidth and HTTP requests. So it's, it's just like taking up juice on your server and, and horsepower where, you know, I would rather have an outside company, I guess, do that and, and search for me. So it's not taking away from any of my site speed or anything like that. But um, I have not found, I mean, I like the idea in theory. I just haven't found a plugin that, that doesn't use a lot of horsepower in order to do that. Because tapping into the WordPress uh, cron results, it's not actually a cron job, but it's their version of scheduled jobs. Just so if you scheduled the job, even if like at low peak hours to scan their pages, check the status, if the status is you know, whatever the 404s are not, you know, good to find those links and delete them, you know, it'd be interesting. That, yeah. And just unlink it. That would be, that would be ideal, you know, but this, the plugins that I've seen, they just give you the option, like they tell you when it's broken and then you have to go in and either, you know, change out the URL to wherever it it's now living or you have to do, you know, or they give you the option to unlink it. So, I mean, all the pieces are there, but there's just nothing that, I guess part of the the puzzle of those plugins is that there's no time to set, like only do this at, you know, three in the morning or something like that. And there's no time to pick the exact timing so you can hone in on, on low peak hours, I guess. Yeah, because that, I mean, that's easy to write by using the, the cron, which they should have, you know, based on, you know, because it, it's going to change, you know, based on the, the site. So, like, the site owner can go into settings and say, all right, my low peak hours are here. And then that's when they just, you know, drop down or pick the time thing and say, okay, 2 a.m. That's perfect. Do it. And that's when it does it. I think that would be. Right. That would be ideal for sure. Interesting. I'm going to throw that in the back burner. Play around with, <laughs> I don't know, again, my, my dead I know. margin. I know, no, it's great. I mean, because there is definitely, any, I mean, no one wants to have broken links on their, on their site. And how are you, it's not, there's not an easy way to know when you've linked to something, you know, and 
a year from now, it's not going to be there anymore. You know, that's not, uh, it's someone else's website. So it's hard to know, like, let's say they didn't pay their hosting or something ridiculous, you know, and like their site shut down or whatever, you know, so it would be nice to have some, some internal automation of that. And then I think that, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't, you know, I use Yoast as, as my SEO WordPress plugin of choice, but I would be remiss in not talking about like all-in-one SEO. There's, there's a bunch out there. You know, I, I just like Yoast because it's got a really easy, it's got the wizard, you know, easy setup. And so you, you activate the plugin and you, it walks you through exactly like what kind of site are you and all that kind of good stuff. So I'm sure that some of the other plugins, you know, rank math and all those things, they also have some, some value. I know people that use those and, and love those ones. I'm just not as familiar with them. One thing that I did read, and I don't know if you've heard about it, Adam, is Index Now. Have you heard about Index Now at all? I haven't heard of that one. You brought up uh, All-in-One. Uh, I know a few years ago, a client of mine used, used it, and he complained about that it wasn't user-friendly, or at least at that time, and it was very clunky to, to get around All-in-One. So I don't know if it was just him. Again, I just had his point of view, so uh, I'm not, not sure what, what his issues were, but it, it, his, from his point of view is very clunky. I recommended a few, right. but I don't think he ever changed. Uh, but index now, no, I have not heard of that. Well, so index now, I guess is, I'm just reading about it, but it is something that I heard rank math now supports and index now is basically a faster way to index your site with in search engine. It's, I guess, something that Google has not yet adopted. They're looking into it, but it's a Microsoft Bing sort of thing. So it's, you know, if you're using a Microsoft powered search engine like Bing or something like that, you can have index now. And so it's, like I said, just a faster way to index. And so I looked around to see if Yoast was going to be supporting index now, because, you know, you can go and like I said, go on search console and link in your, you know, put in your, your XML sitemap and let Google know you're out there. But apparently index now is supposed to be a faster method to let the search engines know that you're there and um, rank math is supporting it. Yoast is not yet because they're not sure from what it sounds like. They're not sure if it's going to catch on or if there's any value to it yet because it's so new. So I'm kind of sitting back to see where that shakes out. I just pulled it up and actually you can submit it through uh, just web, you know, web making a request yourself. So you send it as set it up as a post to uh, let's see, what is the endpoint? Let's see the endpoint. Oh, host. Yeah. Yeah. So the host, and then, so host key, okay, so you send them JSON with a URL list of what you want to index, I guess. I guess they give you a key, and then it, it right. does it for that you. So right. Interesting. That way you're not, you can kind of do bulk stuff. Right, and, and that is stuff. one of the things that Yoast is kind of a bummer um, that Yoast does not support, and they have said that they're not going to, is doing like bulk you know, changes to whether or not you want the page indexed by Google, you would have to go in one by one case in point. So I started my blog back in 2007 and it was a personal blog. It was not, you know, WordPress, like work professional related. I have since married the two, like in 2012. So five years worth of personal blog posts married into my new professional. And, but I didn't want to lose you know, like my dad was like, Oh, why are you having personal and professional? And he's like, so old school, but he was like, you know, no one needs to know about the personal stuff. And I said, well, they, I want them to, because I want them to know who they're working with. You know, I think that part was important. So he was like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll give you that one. But 
I didn't necessarily want to rank and have, you know, keyword, you know, have, have Google paying attention to some of those old, old posts, but there was no way to like bulk omit them from search. And like, I would have to go in one by one and I wasn't interested in doing that. <laughs> I didn't have that kind of time. Yeah, that can get, that can get tedious. Um, yeah, it's just, it just a matter. See, that's why I like, you know, going on the developer side. Cause I'm like, Oh wait, so I'm doing this, like whatever I see that I'm doing repetitively or, or a client like, Oh, they're doing, they're manually going in and doing certain things and they're, they're setting up a repetitive, whatever it is. Right. I'm like, okay, hold on. <laughs> you know, it's so like ding light bulb. I'm like, all right, so let me set this up and then there's repeat schedule done. <laughs> And right. WordPress, well, you know, I, I love that WordPress has such a great scheduler that it has it built in. Anyway, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, they make it so easy. And so I actually was like, can I hack into my WordPress database? Like, because it's a yes, no drop down as to whether or not you want Google to pay attention to that page in Yoast. And so I was like, can I just like find that database table and find that entry in the database and like do like a mass search and replace? But I don't trust my database skills in WordPress um, to that extent with other outside plugins. So I never did it, but I know that there's probably a way. So someday maybe definitely, we'll work on that. Definitely that is. Only because, I mean, the, the, that's why it's one reason. Another reason why I like the WordPress framework is because their struck database structure works pretty much for anything. I mean, look how many sites use it. I mean, just the way they have it is just, I don't know. It's, it just really works well. I mean, if, if, if you, you know, need to, you know, have your own tables, fine, create your own tables and put whatever, you know, that's fine. But generally you don't need to by, you know, tapping into whatever, you know, a custom post type or have whatever their, their structure is. So. I was thinking that maybe I could go in. So not necessarily through a plugin in WordPress, but like, cause I know that in Google search console, you can, you know, try and remove links and stuff that have been indexed. And so I was thinking like, well, maybe I could go into search console and like disavow the links there. The only thing is putting that project back on my list, <laughs> but it will be worth it once it's done. <laughs> Add that as a declutter, call it decluttering the site. <laughs> Perfect for spring cleaning, which is on my to-do list and, and try and, get some things cleaned up on my technical technical hygiene I guess you could say <laughs> yeah it's uh I always it's funny I was working with this one brand they I think I told, told you uh last week or whatever it was they had started using like one membership plugin and they, they switched over to another one briefly but then switched over to another one and it's so cluttered because there's still people they're still users that are actually still on the old system. So they didn't want to migrate into just one. So it's so cluttered. I don't know. To me, as a developer, I'm just like, wait, there's this, there's you're using like four different plugins or three different plugins, the same thing. And so they're not, you know, everything should be just one. You can't just say, go to say it's WooCommerce subscriptions or whatever. You can't just say, grab this. Here's your data. No, it's go to this membership pro thing and then get that then go to over here and get like ah <laughs> that's actually um you bring up a good point so part of my like website insurance maintenance service that i offer for my clients is doing some of that database cleanup and getting rid of some of the extra bloat nice. that they no longer need because it's just it's you're right it gets out of hand so cleaning it up definitely um will will speed up the process 
websites that are continually updated in some form or another, whether it's, you know, online sales or, you know, and they've, they've tried plugins and there's like artifacts left over from plugins they didn't ever use and not necessarily blogs, but sites that are, are readily updated. Or even they, they have, you know, like I was saying about the membership thing. So they, they have members still using their, you know, certain portions of their site, but it was actually set up in a plugin that they're not primarily using, but they still have to keep it because of the, of course, they haven't migrated over to the current ones they're actually using. So it's just, you know, it's just makes it, it's just very clunky, cluttery, whatever you want to, <laughs> you want to use in my mind. I, I just like everything simply, simple or neat, sim- simple and neat is how I use it, especially because, especially with memberships, WordPress, between the, the WordPress users and roles, you create your own roles, they have it, obviously plugins tap into that so they make a separate thing but by tapping in you're tapping into the built-in functionality of wordpress which is phenomenal yeah i think that um you know i love that there's like within wordpress obviously it's a framework that is already built and you can just tap in as needed but because a lot of people because plugins and adding and activating are so easy that people just kind of insert you know they don't know any better and it's not their fault but they're just like oh i think this is going to do the one the plugin's going to do what i want and then oh you know it did part of what i want but now a year later i found a better one and i'm going to you know install this one and get rid of the other one but there's all those like you said that leftover clutter that that can add up over time you know one or two is probably not going to make a difference but if you're i have one client who has we started them in order to get their functionality and it was e-commerce and some specific like highly customized e-commerce i think we started them with 10 plugins and you know all supported and actively maintained and stuff like that and then I turned them loose because that's what they wanted to do is run their site as they should. And I checked back in with them when they asked like why something wasn't working and they have added and deleted like an additional 15 plugin. I'm like, holy mackerel, like that is a, you know, and they don't necessarily know. They'll just test out the plugin, see if it does what they want it to do. Like a plugin to add a Facebook pixel code. And I'm like, oh, you don't need a whole plugin for that. Uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, that's you know what I why I like doing all custom stuff. I totally know what you mean, and it's hard because there's some stuff. It's like I don't necessarily want to be responsible for day to day maintenance on this stuff, but I don't want to use a plugin that's out there if it's just more than I need or it doesn't work. If I'm going to have to amend it some way, like if and most of them. That is the case. There's there's a few that I use out of the box and leave them alone. You know, a couple of settings that are you know set up to be to be changed within the plugin itself. But for the most part, there's always some sort of like customized use situation. And so it's like, gosh, should I just like write this myself and be done with it? <laughs> but then I'm like, oh yeah, I do miss that update button. <laughs> Yeah, it can get, you know, it can get crazy where it's like, yeah, I wrote that. Oh, I got to update that now because <laughs> I'll go back and look at some old, uh, older stuff. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, that was good. I like, oh, look what I'm using. It's in, I use like some older stuff that was, you know, five or six years old. And there's a lot of deprecated stuff in there since the, the new latest updates. I'm like, all right, I'm not updating that thing. <laughs> or I'll just start from scratch and just write a new one. Right. I was going to say, yeah. Or I'm just like, ah, oh, okay, let me, let me come up with a better way to invent the wheel again. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I had, you know, like, like I said, the, the, the one site with the mem- different memberships, it's, it's almost better, you know, I'm almost like, all right, you know what, delete the whole thing, just let me, or not delete it, but just take all the information, have a start, start fresh, create it, you know, from scratch. <laughs> you know? The, especially with all the, so they have the one site that I was talking about, they had several different payment process, gay base. So, you know, they had several different web hooks coming from there on whatever was happening, right? So now you have to make sure that those routings coming in are being handled if you actually remove it or change it, because otherwise, but, you know, you're not going to get that same functionality based on whatever's, you know, triggering the, the web hook. Of all the good dev talk. <laughs> I had shared previously that when I was first starting out with the Yoast plugin and I will, I'm embarrassed to admit, was using the same keyword for multiple posts of mine because I was like, oh, well, this makes sense. This is, you know, it's applicable to this. It was like a portfolio piece or something. And it was like, oh, now you're competing with yourself in the, also against the giant sea of humanity that is also using the same keyword. So white belt me now knows to be a little bit more selective and have a little bit more strategy behind my behind my my seo efforts and not try and compete against myself in addition to everybody else (laughs) remind myself that several times because you know as a developer i'm like oh i can change that i can make it better oh i can make it better now i'm like wait wait step back (laughs) it's so true i mean it's just like i think that's part of the the you know, creative brain. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of people are like, oh, you you know, you do a creative side and you have a technical side, but the technical also requires some creative brain power here. And that's part of that creative brain is like trying to look at it and always improve upon it, even when you don't necessarily need to, because you're like, oh no, I can make it better. I could do it. You know, I can do it this way. You know, your mind's constantly grinding on, on how to keep improving it or another way to think about it. And it's, it's definitely something that I've had to rein in and be like, just let sleeping dogs lie. It's good. It functions the way it needs to. It's, it's good. Walk away. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm always, you know, up there, you know, it's always, you know, fun to, to go to, to look through stuff. And I'm like, Oh yes! Wait a minute. If I do this, like especially, you know, if I do things on the fly, if somebody asks me some to do something really quick, and I'm like, all right, I can do this. Here it is. Do that, and then like, I'll go back a few days later when I have you know a chance to look at it and actually you know uh, storyboard the whole thing. And I'm like, why? Why did? Why did I rush into that? Look at you know by looking at however I storyboarded, it was so much better. I'm like, that's the way I need to change it. <laughs> I know there's a lot to be said for, you know, taking a nice steady approach to the process before diving right in, which I'm often guilty of just like, oh, no, I'm, I'm just going to dive right in and fix it and got to take a step back and think about like, okay, how are we, you know, and like you said, like storyboard it out and, and think about things slowly because I will get so wrapped up in the like, you know, oh, I'm excited to make this work. And you get that like burst of energy to just like get it done. And, and cause it's an exciting project, you know, necessarily see bigger picture but yeah so we have successfully uh diverged from our topic of seo and wordpress but i always enjoy chatting back-end dev stuff with you okay that concludes this episode our hosts will return with another topic in the next episode bye everyone